How much would you say you've spent on clothes in the last month? Did you really need that last jumper you bought after you saw it on TikTok? And did you spend any time thinking about where your clothes came from? Most people probably don't. So today on the Meridian podcast, we want to talk about fast fashion. And how consumers and companies can work to make a change. Welcome to the Meridian podcast. Hello, you're right. Yeah, I'm good, thank you. How are you? I f- I'm good. Th- I feel like I always start podcasts that same way. Hello, you're right. <laughs> yeah, I think that that's just the British way of starting things. All right, yeah. you're right. Literally, right, my house yeah, could be no, on fire right. right now and I'd be like, yeah, I'm all right. Yeah, you. what about you? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, yes, welcome back, everyone. Um, I really like today's episode. Basically, we've recorded a little discussion with um, two guests. They'll introduce themselves to you in a minute. Um, but as we said in the introduction, yeah, we're talking about fast fashion, which is kind of a world away from what we've been talking about in a few previous episodes. So yeah, I think at this point, there's very little more for us to add. So let's take a listen to our discussion with Rebecca Carey and Marta Nietzsche. So thank you both so much for joining us on the Meridian podcast. Absolute pleasure to have you both. Um, would you like to just introduce yourself to the listeners. Um, first of all, Marta, tell us a bit about yourself. Well, I am Marta, I'm from Barcelona and I am studying journalism in Autonomous University. Uh, I also have two programs in a local radio and I write for you in the Meridian magazine too. Amazing, yeah, thank you so much for being here. And Rebecca? Hi, um, so I'm Rebecca, I'm doing my NCTJ accreditation. I studied at Dundee doing French and Spanish and that's how I got involved. I'm now one of the Europe editors. Lovely stuff. Um, so yeah, Marta, this whole podcast episode was basically inspired by an article that you wrote for the Meridian. Um, and I really would recommend that people go and read it after this podcast if they haven't already. It's such an interesting read. It's called Why Fast Fashion in Spain is as Popular as Ever. Um, uh, the start of the article asks questions of the readers of the reader, which you kind of go on to answer. So you say, why do businesses in Spain continue to employ workers under such terrible conditions? Why do they insist on having their factories far away from where their clothes are sold, except to keep us in the dark? And then you say, it is about time we knew how these types of factories work and what goes on behind closed doors. So just summarise for the readers why, firstly, you were inspired to write the article, but also the key themes and conclusions of it. Okay, um, first of all, I think that fashion is uh, a very important industry nowadays because um, although doesn't, although people doesn't think uh, that this is important, um, I think that it's like uh, uh, some points that, that just move the, the world because we live in a capitalism world and obviously we are constantly, um, well, um, we see all the time fashion, we want to buy new things, we want to be always um, like the, the top of the top. And uh, I think that it was very important to talk about fashion, but not the fashion of the, um, of the clothes just. Um, it's more about the, what is behind it. And I think that people doesn't get uh, it's not conscious about what is the reality uh, that it's hiding in here. And I think that it was like a great topic to talk about because um, in the news, we usually don't see it. And I think that uh, writing about it or, you know, uh, making people conscious about it, it was my first, my first thought. So um, you were talking in the article about the sorts of conditions that 
um, companies sort of employ their workers to working. Could you elaborate a little bit more? Tell us a bit more about sort of the factories and why they're so bad and why we need to change them. Um, first of all, um, I just want to say that there are so many countries that are like the worst one because, uh, for example, India, Bangladesh or Marrakesh, are the three tops of the of the world because um, Spain factories from these fast fashion companies are re- replacing uh, their factories there for you know um, the low cost of the of the locals, also the um, the less wage that they have to pay to the employers, and and I think that um, what they want to to do it's like. Um, save money they just want to um keep money and be as rich as they can and they don't think about the people they don't think about the conditions that they are working they don't think about the dangerous places that they are building and and yeah i i think that we have to change this and and the best way to do this is like people uh showing this Mm. Uh, rebecca just to bring you in on this kind of ethical point um in the article marta draws our attention to the fact that in morocco for example people work over 44 hours a week in this industry um i know that in bangladesh people working for less than half the minimum wage for example um to to what extent do you think people in this country people in many uh western countries are actually aware of this issue and think about the ethical side of fast fashion a good question i think that it's something especially younger generations we're becoming more and more aware of it's something i think that we're more concerned with especially when we're talking about fast fashion and an environmental impact and i think we're starting to kind of skirt around the deeper problem of it and i think i hope that we've got more positive trend towards it i think it's something that the ethically we still i think we haven't even scratched the surface in terms of raising awareness especially i mean in the uk it's it's something that I know a lot at universities that we're talking about that kind of impact in Spain it's an even bigger problem um and that was looking at sort of companies like Inditex that own basically the majority um you're talking Zara Mango all these kind of massive companies that are outsourcing their kind of manufacturing and I think those kind of companies that in the UK we are not aware of, it's something when I was reading Marta's piece, I had not a clue that this was kind of going on. Um, so it's definitely scratching the surface. And I hope that we'll kind of keep looking into it. Yeah, in that respect, actually, Marta, I was wondering, I was reading your article and I was thinking, oh, this is absolutely awful. I mean, I shop at places like Zara and like Pull and Bear and Bershka. I think they're all owned by Inditex um and i hadn't i hadn't realized like the extent um are, 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 is inditex or are any other companies making changes like have have they have they listened to the criticism and the response or is it more on the consumer at this point to like boycott these brands um nowadays uh just in in spain uh what they are trying to do it's like boycotting their their shops and this is uh, something that i think that it's really important because they are nowadays being more conscious about it um but it is true that it's it's in our hands we have to to move on and try to first of all buy in in local shops um support local commerce and i'm the first one that that buys in this type kind of of, of shops because it's cheaper and and sometimes afford um expensive prices in in clothes 
it's 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 something that it's impossible for my for my family and and well i think that um what you have to do is like take little steps and finally we can research um to to buy just in local business and stop doing this uh to to other workers in in other places mm. just, just kind of open up the discussion to you know anyone who wants to jump in on this um obviously Fashion companies such as uh, the owners of Zara, Mango, etc. Obviously, they they are the ones directly contributing to the the problems that fast fashion uh, brings up. But let's talk about this. I know this is a podcast about fast fashion, but let's talk about this from a fashionable point of view. In that, to people, I, I think that a huge part of the issue is actually the way we think about fashion itself. In that, fashion is so discardable, and that. You know, I think the average adult in the UK spends, what was it? Yeah, they have at least two unworn items in their wardrobe. Um, like personally, I, <laughs> oh my God, Eve's just gasped. <laughs> right, okay, personally, cards on the table. Personally, I don't have any that I've never worn, but I'm pretty sure I have multiple things in my wardrobe that I've worn once in the whole time I've had them. I think the average time someone owns a piece of clothing is like nine months before they either get rid of it or never wear it again. So to what extent, anyone who ever wants to answer this, to what extent do we think that actually trends in fashion itself contribute to fast fashion? Sorry, I'm literally just cackling because two on two... Oh my God, two. I have like, I honestly, I mean, I, average. I do YouTube obviously. And so as part of my job, I do get sent like quite a lot of clothes, um, you know, from companies that when you actually look into the practices of how they work, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of YouTubers now are moving away from working with those brands because of the way that they treat their workers. Um, and I, for one, know that I don't work with certain brands anymore that really their practices are like completely unjustifiable, if that makes sense. But I, on your fashion point, um, I, I, I hate to bring it up, I really do, but TikTok, I think, has made it a lot worse recently. I feel like fashion now has become even more disposable. Like there are so many hauls and like, sales and just these outfit videos and it makes me just want to go out and buy loads of clothes and then in about three weeks like you know that trend is done like flares are out and like brown jeans are in and I just can't keep up so Mm. I think honestly what while we're talking about you know our own sins I literally a couple of months ago I literally saw someone on TikTok wearing a jumper which was it was an ad and I saw the brand that they tagged and I went on to that because I like the look of the jumper I went on to that brand's website and I bought the jumper and honestly I'm so embarrassed to say stuff like that but I think that we is- have to start we it's appalling but we I'm not going to say who it was but we have to start <laughs> we have to start these conversations with admitting that I think all of like, the vast majority of us contribute to this problem and it's not going to be solved until we all start changing our behavior Rebecca what do you think the exact same even with the US inauguration the other day and I was like oh I do love that coat oh I really want that coat I'm like I'm not going anywhere we're locked down I don't need a coat mm-hmm. and I'm like so infuriating but I was like I do love that monochrome like they were 
all they of did it. Look and great. I was like, I'm so oh, so good. They look great. And I was like, see, see that. I need that in my life. And I was like, why? Why do I actually feel that com- sort of compelled to go get a coat when I don't actually? I'm not going anywhere. I don't need it. We're locked down in the house for God knows how long. Um, so I don't know. It's such a mindset, and I think you know, it's some bad habits. And I think you can train yourself out of bad habits. You can educate yourself. Uh, and look into these things but it's not going to change overnight and I think that's why it's such a massive problem. Mm, Marta? Um, I think that it's just in our so um, what I'm trying to do it's like okay I need this 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 kind of clothes yes or no so if it's no I have to be conscious that I don't need it and I'm not gonna buy it but sometimes as you said before Instagram TikTok and other kind of social media it's like improving and and making us buy all the time and and yeah we have to we have to thought about what do we really need and what we really just want and and well I'm trying to to think like this I agree. I, I think more recently I've been I've been trying to say, like, you know, when I see stuff online that I think I want to buy because you know, there's so there's like not much else to be doing right now. So when when I see stuff, I'm trying to ask myself, will I care if I didn't buy this in 24 hours? Will I still be thinking about this? And almost always the answer is no. Um, and that is I hope yeah hopefully that's going to make an improvement for my habits anyway. So we've spoken about it from an ethical point of view, obviously a huge, huge part of this sorry a huge part of this discussion is the environmental side to it um the fashion industry as a whole obviously fast fashion is a a huge part of that produces 10 percent of all human carbon emissions um which is a phenomenal statistic marta spain is the sixth largest clothing importer in the world obviously not just the clothes production but actually getting the imports to spain has a huge impact on the environment in terms of carbon emissions um Again, a similar question to that that I asked Rebecca earlier. To what extent do you think people are aware of the environmental impact of fast fashion? Um, Well, I think that uh, people, it's not conscious about the the impact that has fast fashion into the the environment. So um, uh, it's true that, for example, in Spain, the factories are, are very popular thing for workers because there are a lot of types of 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 factories for you know make clothes and i think that people here are like this is uh, so so normal they are they have normalized the fact that the factories are just bad for the environment but they don't do anything in respect of that the one thing that is actually quite encouraging that you know beyond you know changing kind of culture and that kind of thing is actually what i was obviously reading it and researching it I was seeing that towards the end 2020 like the eu regulations were, were changing so actually the fact that you you know these companies have to declare where the where the actual garments are from so having it made in bangladesh like all that kind of the tags makes and that i was shocked that that wasn't something that was actually in place prior to that and i thought that was just a given uh, but it turns out that that's one of the reasons why and i was looking at it and i was like spain wasn't actually party to that it's not it wasn't an eu regulation before that and they're part of a much bigger i think it's a a much bigger sustainable policy that they're trying to try like clamp down on it which is quite comforting to think that oh we're seeing how interconnected fashion and the environment actually is so maybe on a bigger scale we'll actually be forced to kind of face up to that change because that's something that i tend to know about but not always consciously act on 
which I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I think seeing that interconnectivity is something that really needs to improve, I think is improving slightly. For example, with um, David Attenborough's most recent film documentary, he, he has spoken about these issues. Um, but like, for example, it takes 20,000 litres of water to make one pair of jeans. And I think it's so hard to see images of deforestation and the the huge disruption to the water cycle that's taking place around the world which is you know but we see specifically in the amazon rainforest for example it's hard for people to to link that to buying a pair of jeans um and i think until a a huge public awareness is developed about where our clothes come from and actually that jeans don't just come out of thin air they have the materials have to be grown from natural resources which are not infinite um until that happens i i I don't think um buying habits will change hugely to be honest we need david attenborough on it honestly Mm -hmm. yeah let's get david attenborough to do a fast fashion documentary and then suddenly zara will go out of business the solution to all our problems, David Attenborough. <laughs> okay, so if we do, we've started to touch on it a bit, but if we do think about the future a bit more and how issues related to fast fashion um, are going to be resolved, I think that there are two sides of it. I think, firstly, there is the policy side in that, Rebecca, as you were saying, legislation will be able to shape the ways in which companies are able to use resources and have to declare their emissions and things like that. Um, But I think on that note, from a political point of view, if you look at many of the kind of the green deals, they're called in America, they call it the green new deal. The, the, the huge uh, pieces of legislation, which are designed to stop the, the slow moving of climate change and, you know, turn around old industries, make, create new green jobs. They very rarely say things explicitly about the fashion industry. Um, so I think policy will need to step up. Like even in this country, can you think of any time that a politician or like a policy has been particularly aimed at the fashion industry and its environmental impact? I don't think I can. No, I was going to say, I just don't think that fast fashion is really something on the governmental agenda at least as unless i've just missed it completely i don't remember like a a select committee on it or even a debate in parliament like i mean obviously at the moment it's not on anybody's agenda really um i mean i feel like a lot of very important issues have been swept off the table this year well and last year and however long this is going to go on for like the next decade who knows um because of covid and i think that climate change is probably the one that is the most is like the biggest shame in a way because i do feel like we were definitely on the cusp of like a very big like awakening a shift a, a real like okay you know humans cannot act like humans are only aware of what's happening here and now if the consequences are not immediate it's very hard to get humans to act on it and so we face problems as they arrive um and that's just how we are we live immediately we we don't live in the past or the future anyway so climate change i think was one that we were finally getting people to realize this is not gonna impact you as much but it's already impacting people in other parts of the world and it will soon impact everybody and your kids and probably your grandkids very badly and then sadly um the pandemic has just completely like not i'm hoping that when this is over we can realize when we have to rebuild the airline industry we have to look at and hopefully fast fashion can be part of that 
But I mean, it, it remains to be seen really like how each government decides to pick up the pieces and whether they make things like fast fashion part of their like rebuilding plan. For sure. I think when you when you think about kind of the political pathway of this country, obviously this is a global issue, but if we think about it in a UK context, the political pathway, the last 10 years have been so politically chaotic. There have been so many issues and the government has been preoccupied with so many things. And then once 2020 came along you know we just had an election and regardless of the results of that election you know it was a clean slate we had five years the brexit process was over and it felt like finally because of public consciousness think attention would truly start turning to issues of climate change and then the pandemic came along and just disrupted it all really um marta do you I, i don't know if you have similar um like services in Spain, but I think Depop is an international service. Um, Fashion companies are going really into the sustainable way of producing their clothes. Patagonia is a hugely, hugely profitable company, which is really keen on and really proud of its sustainability. So uh, Marta, in Spain, do you feel anything changing? Are people starting to use, you know, clothes reselling sites more? Yeah, um, luckily, there are a lot of little companies uh, about fashion that are starting right now. They are very little, as I said before, but they are um, just very worried about the environment. And they are vegan, eco-friendly, plastic positive. Uh, there are a lot of them. For example, Lagam, it's one of the most uh, recognizable marks here, which is, our, which is original from Spain. And I do really think that they are they are changing because, um, for example, influencers from from here from Spain, um, it's not just uh, they are not just uh, selling us uh, kind of uh, clothes from fast fashion. They are also uh, showing us um, clothes and products which are uh, obviously eco friendly and and from this type of original local business. And yeah, I think that also there are um, secondhand uh, shops which are really popular in, in Barcelona. And and I think that they are making a, a huge change right now. Re- Rebecca, are you, um, when you see, you know, obviously I don't know where you shop, but when you see um, within clothes that, uh, within brands that are typically known for being part of the fast fashion problem, Zara, H&M, for example, they're bringing out, you know, sustainable ranges, sustainability. I'm going to be a bit, you know, cynical here. Do, do you think that is trying to play to kind of the, the trendiness of um, of being against fast fashion at the moment? Or do you think that's a genuine that them caring about the environment and the ethical issues of it? Oh, I think you've probably asked the wrong person. I am far too cynical to think it's anything to do with their good will and their good heartness. Um, I think it's always based on trend. It's based on what the customers want. It's the demand. But then at the end of the day, if it's the customers that drive that demand and it might, even if it doesn't come from a genuine place, it's still change. And I, that is as much as that's maybe not the change that we'd like to see. And we'd love it to be a much larger, genuine goodwill cultural thing. Um, it's, we are driven by that capitalist <laughs> um, ideals and we have to start somewhere. So I, if, if that means that they think about where they are actually putting their money and how they're distributing their clothes and how they're manufacturing them because the consumer wants that, then at least we're getting the same kind of result. What I worry about is the consumer seeing sustainable slapped on all these brands and whether or not it actually is. You know, So it's maybe the fibres, the actual clothes themselves have been 
um, come from, I don't know, recycled materials or or locally sourced or that kind of thing, but actually how then maybe they are distributed, how far away they were made. I mean, we we're talking about them being made outsourced in, in um, Bangladesh and, um, and Morocco and different things. If the, if the actual consumer doesn't know that, um, then I think it's actually up to us at this point um, to kind of research it. But it's, it's yeah, I, it's a difficult one. I'm not, I'm cynical, definitely, <laughs> I think is the answer. Um, uh, yeah. Eve, people often say that avoiding fast fashion is for middle class rich people and that you you can't shop without um, buying from fast fashion if, if you want to buy new clothes. Do you think do you think that's fair? Yes and no. I mean, ultimately, buying sustainable clothing is more expensive and that is the bottom line of it. Like it is just more expensive. Um, I can't think of an example where it would be cheaper. Obviously, there are charity shops. You can go charity shopping, you can go thrifting, but obviously you need to combine that with, yeah, I mean, the teenage struggle with, you know, wanting to fit in, wanting to feel comfortable in your own body. You know, you might not want to wear a cardigan from like 1996. That might not be your vibe. Um, and so I think it is really difficult because obviously there is no ethical consumption under capitalism. That's what everybody always says. And so that's, you know, what a lot of people say when they say like, that's why I shop at like, try to think of examples like Pretty Little Thing, Nasty Gal. Um, yeah. Um, but ultimately, like, it's so difficult because, yeah, I mean, people from low income backgrounds are often shamed for, you know, shopping at Primark or something like that, when ultimately, like, maybe that's all they could afford that month. Um, and obviously, yeah, we need to think we need to talk generally about like, how many clothes we are buying like do we need more clothes like could we just like upcycle things that we already have absolutely but I think that it's very rich of like rich people um to be preaching about how sustainable and ethical they are when they can afford to drop 70 pound on a jumper um which a lot of people can't or a lot of people might not want to spend the big bulk of their money they might want to save for a house for example like you know what I mean like there are so many different financial concerns obviously I'm not saying it's not the consumer's responsibility to think about what they're doing I'm just saying that like ultimately something needs to change in the clothing market to mean that the sustainable option is just as affordable as the non-sustainable option you could take the same example as like with like vegan products and like meat products you know if if we got to a point perhaps where vegan products I think to be honest I have noticed the gap close relatively like quite a lot but you know, if you got to the point where vegan products were like, there was no price difference whatsoever. If you wanted to choose to eat a plant-based diet, would that change the game? Would more people switch to a plant-based diet? I think yes. So yeah. Yeah. I think, I think the whole issue of trends and these changes happening organically, pardon the pun, is actually a, such a good point. I think if it becomes a affordable obviously which which is a huge issue but b if it becomes trendy not to shop at fast fashion if it becomes trendy to buy all your clothes from charity shops and never buy new clothes which i think it slowly is becoming then i really think that the this industry will struggle to maintain itself obviously the the, the scale that it's at, at the moment is tiny compared where it, compared to where it needs to be if it's going to make a huge difference in the industry but I think that the the organic change will come from influences from people on Instagram and changing people's mindsets about fashion, to be honest. Absolutely. Marta, is there anything else you'd like to add that we've not discussed that you wanted to bring up today? 
Well, I think that we have said everything about the, uh, everybody have to be conscious about it. And well, I have to thank you all for having me today, obviously. Thank you so much for coming on. It's been such a pleasure. Again, if people haven't read Mars' article, please do. It's called Why Fast Fashion in Spain is as Popular as Ever. And you can find that in the Europe section on the Meridian magazine website. Yes, and thank you so much to Rebecca as well for joining us. Um, it's been a lovely, lovely um, discussion. And I did actually just want to say at the end of this that the Meridian is always open for pitches. If you think you would like to write an article on an issue that you hold really close to your heart or that you find really interesting, do go on to the Write For Us section on our page, which will be linked in the show notes. Um, and you can send us a pitch. And who knows, maybe we'll be speaking to you on the podcast soon. Yeah, honestly, we're open to anything and everything, just whichever section your 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 story your article best fits into just give us an email and yeah you'll be on a future podcast episode who knows right lovely thank you so much both for joining us um it was an absolute pleasure and hopefully we'll speak to you again soon thank you yeah i really enjoyed that chat it was so interesting having marta there because obviously you and i only see these things i mean you've been living abroad to be fair but you and i mainly see these things from a uk point of view so it's interesting to see that spain which is obviously a hub of loads of fashion companies and how yeah how fast fashion is perceived there yeah absolutely it's definitely been one of the most thought-provoking episodes for me and i think it's probably one that viewers like listeners will will be able to sort of relate to their own lives like the most um so i hope that you guys have learned something from this podcast i definitely have yeah i definitely have and it kind of makes you all you all think it makes us all um sort of think about our own habits and spending yeah absolutely so i'm off to go and do some thinking and i'm sure you are too ollie so until next time you know me (laughs) okay beautiful yes um We will be back very, very soon with another episode. Bye, guys. See you later.